vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Kummalalla kummalalla kummala sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta Oh no 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 sa vesta We start What's going on guys and welcome to today's podcast I am here with the Muscle Mindset Coach Matt Peacock Is that right? Yeah, me Get it right. So, um, yep. Yeah, so, if you want to go have a look at his stuff um, after this, meanwhile, sit back and listen to what we have to say. We're going to talk a wee bit about mindset, kind of rituals, and how to best approach this in kind of five ways. So, uh, before we get into it, though, I'd like to kind of let Matt talk a little bit about himself, how we get into the industry, and just do a little bit of an introduction for those that don't know. Perfect, mate. Well, thanks for having me on, pal. Um, I think a little bit about myself. My name's Matt Peacock. You can get me the Muscle Mindset Coach, not the uh, Mindset Muscle Coach, as everybody seems to call me. Um, the Muscle Mindset Coach, I have been coaching for about five years now. Um, I actually worked in uh, engineering, consulting engineering, for a decade before that. So in many ways, that's qualified me quite, quite well in understanding the problems that my clients face because I feel a lot of coaches... Um, we haven't actually discussed this yet, so Lester, but it's my yeah. opinion that a lot of coaches end up being folk that just liked PE and didn't really know what to do with themselves. So they ended up ended up in coaching, but without any of the university or actual work that qualifies you to understand the problems that clients face. So I spent a decade in consulting engineering, had a great time traveled around the world, wasn't that fulfilled by it, always ended up being the office PT, you know, the, the fitness guy. Uh, who was eating bro meals. I've made every mistake under the sun in that 10 years with health and fitness. Um, And then towards the back end of that career, just just got a bit disillusioned. And one day just decided enough's enough. There's my notice. Um, I didn't really have a plan other than to sign up and do my level two and three. Did that. Um, And then here we are. I did a lot of face-to-face. Recently moved to to solely online. Um, And the focus of the business and, and what I like to do with, what focus on my clients with, is um, not just getting lean or building muscle, but complete human optimization. So looking at all these nitty gritty parts that people often overlook, and that's hence the name. We look at mindset, we look at growth, we look at productivity and working habits, and just like little biohacks that we can tack on to body composition so that not only do they get into the shape of their life, but they level up in every other domain at the same time. And I think the industry is certainly moving that way. I'm sure you'll agree. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think uh, kind of not gone are the days, but uh, they're diminishing anyway. Where you're you're advertising stuff for um, eight weeks, and you will see things like I've I've got kind of programs and stuff that are kind of kind of ninety days or whatever. But the the whole goal is that people stay for longer because it's more of a, a lifestyle that you're kind of teaching them how to do, and it takes a it takes a good amount of time in order to do that. But like in terms of like people's physiques, and we were speaking about this before, is that, as you said, and we'll kind of touch on it later on in the podcast, I think about the continuum going up and down and up and down and how people um, approach it from a way that they, they see this end goal. But then at the end of the day, what actually, see to do get there, what happens? Whereas if their mind isn't strong and they don't know, they don't have a plan or structure of how to like maintain that or, or they don't even at least have an awareness that they will go backwards and are they going to be happy with that? And how to actually approach that is going to be massive. And that's why you need a coach. You need a bit of accountability. Or else you're going to end up feeling quite kind of overwhelmed with everything. You've got into the shape of your life and you're like, God, I've not touched on any of the 
the mindset stuff. I don't have a routine in my day. And it's kind of what we're going to speak about today is that these kind of long-lasting habits are massive for people to actually make progress long-term, not just for eight weeks or 90 days or whatever it be. Um, so kind of first of all, what I wanted to talk about was the the whole mindset of it, the muscle mindset coach. So obviously that's going to be a massive thing for you um, to speak about, but we kind of spoke about off off camera is that you've not always been kind of kind of focused on mindset, and it's not always been something that you get up early morning and do hill sprints and stuff. We're not telling everyone to do that by any means, but uh, at at the same time, having these kind of morning routines, how how did you go about shifting from one, and what was that like? What was your your old routines? What was your old mindset, and how have you created that new mindset? For sure, I totally agree with all of that, mate. And I think more, just before I get into that, now more than ever, all of that's true, isn't it? Like that not being afraid of regression and understanding the mindset element. Right now, since we've all been forced and thrust into a new environment, it's very important that all the clients and, and indeed the wider public understand that. So where was it before? Whilst I had that normal desk job, I would get up after snoozing the alarm multiple times, um, get showered in a, in a rush, um, literally grab something convenient maybe chuck a bit of toast in whilst i'm really quickly tying my shoes on grab my jacket grab the toast jump in the car drive to work and arrive at work kind of upside down and back to front wee bit sweaty stressed underprepared kind of rushed it's probably the best word for it yeah um, and it kind of it probably all came about by default in that went through a divorce uh, and I think that kind of was the impulse for me to be like right hold on something's got to give here I'm gonna have to make some change so there's usually that kind of like impulse for some for change and that that was mine um a lot and that kind of t- coincided coincidence or not with my changing career um yeah. so I've moved into really really prepping my morning routine and it being something I fiercely guard now mm-hmm. sort of pre-caveat to that I think it's very important that we understand that and this is going to be something that I think probably overarches everything we'll talk about that dedication is probably more important than regime here so although I might dish out a few absolutes and I'm sure you will too like I do this like you said hill sprints Mm. what we're not saying is that's the only way to skin the cat Mm. just having a dedication to following some form of framework or formula I think is, is the secret so I've kind of completely transformed mine to be something my mindset to be something that, that grows whereas before all I did was I would wake up like I said I'd go to work I would do a job that I was relatively fulfilled and I enjoyed but maybe wasn't growing um, and then I'd go to the gym and I'd come home and eat my dinner and then I'd watch something on TV or play several hours of Call of Duty and then I would go to bed mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot of people's lives there's yeah. not much growth in that yeah yeah I think I think that's it you end, you end up just feeling a bit of a, a lull if you don't have a and some people, but the only thing is, some people listening to this don't have the ability to to grow in terms of from like from where they are and that kind of works perspective. They're kind of they've hit they've hit their ceiling and maybe kind of semi fulfilled. Um, so an outlay for them could be the growth in terms of the 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 mentality and their kind of the physical body. So that should be then something that they're able to focus on. But definitely, I think it helps having the the fact that we are both in a job now that we see the growth and we start to then we can actually even track the growth and how we're getting on with everything in terms of 
like just in terms of how we're growing and we can actually look at numbers whereas most people can't can't do that and the the ability to do that is is quite strong in terms of to keep going because the when i see clients and they they get de demotivated is is the word that that kind of commonly comes up and it's usually due to the lack of growth or the lack of progression and if you're if you're making progress i've not had many clients be demotivated if they've been making progress week on week if you're not making progress then you will get demotivated in it and then that all kind of links back to like let's strip it back let's look at your structure let's look at your routine what are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis do we need to take away a wee bit of flexibility in order to um allow you to progress because there's, there's a difference between kind of flexible a flexible diet and approach which should should empower you to be able to eat things that you want to eat and still stay semi on track but then you should eat also to feel good which we'll talk touch on but in terms of we'll start with the morning routine so like we kind of i wanted to kind of speak to you about your morning routine what does what does that consist of right now is have you got like a complete set structure a semi-set structure or kind of change or like how, how do you lay that out so ultimately like like i said just then uh it's not so rigid because it has been rigid in the past and a rigid structure all that that led to um it worked for a while and while it worked it was great but as soon as something happened it meant that that structure couldn't run in the way it should i ended up getting really stressed because now i'm like oh my god my morning plan i, I can't do that part and the rest of my day was kind of effectively ruined by myself because i hadn't allowed myself to do it so i moved away from that rigid set of rules and created a framework which i now use with my clients called the m cube formula which is effectively three ends so we've got movement first mm. and we've got men mental clarity and then mental growth there are your three m's and as long as I'm ticking those three things off in the morning in some way, shape, or form, based around my the other demands on my time in my life, then yeah. then, it, then that works for me. So that what I do at the moment in terms of absolutes is I get up, I will chop like a full thing of water and a shaker every single time, and salt and lemon in there, and some greens powder down the hatch, and then I put my shoelaces, put my trainers on, tie my shoelaces, and then head out for a run. As you've seen, you know that, and I head out for a run. Um, I won't run far, I won't run fast, I won't usually run that hard either. All I'm looking to do is get some blood flowing because I'm kind of sleepy as you would be first thing in the morning. And just like an alarm going off, nobody likes an alarm that's like a car crash running inside your head. You want something that wakes you slowly. So I'll run slow, I'll probably run, I'll set myself a sort of 20, 25 minute pine cap, um, which you, you know usually get somewhere between 3 and 5k. Come in, meditate. And journal so that's your mental clarity part for me so i will journal in my wa5 book plan out my day get my three key tasks that i need to do in that day write down any clients i'm going to be speaking to serving or coaching yeah look at what they need from me then i'll get the meditation cushion out chuck on a meditation and just center myself and focus on the nothing other than my breath just get centered and then after that the third then is mental growth which for me just involves reading it used to involve an audio book when i had a commute um, but these days, I much prefer making myself a cup of coffee before everyone else is up, sit on the sofa, 20 minutes of reading, phone on, do not disturb. And that's the sort of the last part I'll add is that from start to finish there, my phone's on, do not disturb. I won't check Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, WhatsApp, text, nothing. And then yeah. I round it out with jumping in the shower, having a cold shower, get myself the slap in the face that's like my favorite part of my whole day. 
Yeah. Uh, and then get back to it, open my phone, go through what I need to go through and start running my day. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Is like the kind of if you if you step back and look at it, it's really just a bunch of things that make you feel that you've done something productive before you've even really started your day, and then that sets you up to not feeling as if you're constantly chasing your tail. Imagine you're running, even if you're five minutes, if you're five minutes early, you're you're late. See, if you're running to work and you're rushing and it's due to traffic, then you just made it. Like that's sort of, obviously we've not, maybe not got that right now, but in general, when you're late for stuff, you're just constantly anxious, and your that anxiety then manifests itself in other parts of your life which you don't realise. So this is this is what I, this is what I find, and what I actually find because right when I take clients in the morning, usually my morning clients, and this isn't dissing my nighttime clients, but usually my morning clients have a lot more of their shit figured out, and they're a lot more productive throughout the day, and that. That goes without saying the fact that they've started off the routine before, like says by seven fifteen, they've done a workout, they're awake, have a shower, they're they're getting on with their day. They don't have to worry about their workout later on. They've already moved, they've already sweated. I'm not saying everyone has to work out in the morning. I don't the vast majority of time, but as you say, a bit of movement, it doesn't need to be a full workout, and it just sets you up for that day, and it just makes a massive difference to your productivity the rest of the day. If you find yourself lying in bed all the time then it's usually down to the fact that you've not really got a purpose. I found myself when I was when I was doing my, my master's degree in particular when I was at uh, Dundee, I I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I would, literally was lying in bed all day because I had the flexibility in order to go into we had a studio. I had the flexibility to go in whenever I wanted and get my research done and do that. I'd I'd go in at like three three o'clock and stay till like eight and then go to the gym. And like, I just, I had no, no structure in my day. Some days I go in at one, leave at five, like I had literally nothing that was set in stone. Um, and that was, and I had no real purpose to what I was doing. I, I hated what I was doing. I hated my master's degree. So it just allowed me to, to just drift away into a, a sense of, and without going fully into it, I became depressed during that point in time. It was probably the worst stage of my life. And that, all came from a build-up of things. So this is something that you can control and it's something that once you have control of that on a kind of daily basis, then the things like depression, anxiety and stuff like that do diminish slightly and they make it a lot harder in order to feel those feelings, which we've all felt over some period of time. So it's something that is very important for everyone, regardless of whether you're into fitness or not. Um, I agree with that entirely. I agree with that entirely. I think um, for me, I've always said it's about empowering people through education. So just giving them an understanding of these things. We touch on it a wee bit and removing the anxiety and depression, replacing it with empowerment by doing something productive. And that's why your morning clients like mine were always a bit more switched on, you know? And yeah. I've always said to the guys that no one's asking you for a pint at 6 a.m. No, yeah. one's, no one's asking you to stay late. Email and text haven't acted on you yet. So like, of course they're more switched on, right? And the, this is why, like you say, you don't have to be a workout, but doing some sort of movement. I give the guys three options. So number one is to go and, and to, to go and run. Number two is like a slow and sexy, is what we call it. It's just like a bit of yoga, a bit, a bit of movement. Mm -hmm. And number three is just like DIY. Like if you want to just do some, some, sort of, some sort of stretching or you want to just do bang out 30 burpees, yeah. you'd have to be wrong in the head but if, you, if that if that was you then yeah. you'd be my guest and as long as they've got sort of frameworks like that mm -hmm. you can package things up I think people find concepts easier to understand when they're kind of in a wee package 
Yeah. You know, we're saying like some, some mental growth time. For me, like the framework that I teach the clients and the, and the training is commute at university is what we call it. So using their commute to their benefit, using the commute to learn audiobooks, podcasts, yeah. if you're on some form of, well, we don't have commutes just now, but using the same time um, to, to, to read. And I think that probably segues us nicely, or you can tell me if I'm wrong, into kind of structure and routine on the whole, right? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like, um, I I listen I listen to music to to work out to, and instead of when I'm in the car now, I do like I listen to a lot of podcasts, kind of self development stuff, and you're just using that time where you're not necessarily able to do anything else, um, and you're using that time to then, although at, at first I think a lot of people maybe not so much if someone's listening this they're into self-development of some sort of way shape or form anyway yeah, um, yeah for sure. so but i think for a lot of people um clients and stuff like that when you start talking about mindset they're just not there in their head yet and then they're just like oh that's just for like for hippies basically and it's something that it's just absolutely not it's everyone has a everyone has a brain everyone's brain plays tricks on them everyone's brain goes on overdrive everyone feels overwhelmed at some period of time and just having a bit of structure and um, routining your, your day just makes a, a massive, massive difference. And um, the kind of next point that I wanted to kind of touch on, and it's something that I don't, I don't necessarily do, um, was I've, I've done it in the past, but it's not something I do on a daily basis. And it's something that I kind of thought would be interesting for you to kind of share is a gratitude journaling and how, what you what you do for that and how that makes a difference really for sure uh, that's pretty much something that is ruled out across all of my clients it's something that's almost a non-negotiable of the coaching program um, and for most people in the same boat as you they've not they've either dabbled or they've not done it mm-hmm. um, and there's often that same resistance that you just described but it's like that's for hippies like you don't have to make your own hemp clothes and like <laughs> meditate like this and float <laughs> Uh, it's not like that. All all you need is like an A5 diary, um, ideally a diary with an actual diary, not just a blank paper one. Mm. Um, and I'll start with how you do it and then I'll probably go into what, why and how. So all you do is grab the book. I do it at the end of the night. Uh, I've got a lot of close mates who do it in the morning. I like to do it at night time. What you do is you'd open today's date, so 14th of April, and you would just pop in. Uh, today I'm grateful for, colon, and then write three things. That's how I do it. And that's how I was taught to do it. Three things. They don't have to be profound. They can be if that's something that's come to you in the moment in time. But it could simply be being asked to be on Sylvester's podcast. That, that's mm-hmm. something that could be today. It could literally be that you had like an absolutely epic lunch. It could equally well be that you got a new job or even that you've got a job right now. It could be something that you're, you're grateful for. That you've been furloughed and the government are paying 80%. Like that could be something you're grateful for. Yeah. So you can already start to see how it starts to change and transform your perception yeah. of what's going on from um, potentially like a, a lack of something to an abundance of something. So for me, it, it really does start to create a thread of gratitude throughout your day because the longer that you do it, the more often you find yourself in the middle of the day being like, oh, I can put that in my diary tonight. And, and it's like, it starts by just being like, oh, Sylvester messaged me and said something really nice and I can, I can put that in. But then the longer you do it, the more like I'll be driving my son to school some mornings and we drive towards the sunrise on the way to school. 
and sometimes there's an incredible sky on the way it's feeling. He'll sometimes comment on it and be like, oh, daddy, like, look, the sun's coming up. It's like waking up and all the rest of it. And I'd be like, bloody hell, it's an absolute beauty of a sunrise. A yeah. lot of people don't get to like see that and look at it and you're like, oh, I'll write that tonight. But what you're doing is every time that you think about being grateful, you have the same, your body doesn't know, your central nervous system doesn't know the difference between actually being grateful in the moment and reflecting on gratitude. So you, you create the same chemical response in your body every single time that you, you, you think about it. So by yeah. creating that thread throughout your day where you're, I'm grateful, I've forgotten about it, I'm grateful, I've forgotten about it. And then at night, you write them down, you've got your big dump of gratitude. And then in the morning, as part of my journaling, I will open the gratitude journal and review last night's gratitude. Right. So you just, you're kind of peppering your day, left, right and centre with wee reminders and yeah. that dump of like, oh, I've got opportunities to be grateful. And right now, more than ever before, pal, I think people are like finding the opposite. They're fight, there's, there's more of a requirement, in my opinion, for people to do this than practice this stuff because a lot of people are in a bad place. A lot of people are really struggling with things that have been imposed on them. When in actual fact, a lot of you have got a lot of fucking epic things in your life that you can be grateful for. Day-to-day -day things like living with a partner and not being isolated and locked down alone. Yeah. Or friends and family who are helping out or listening to podcasts like this where you've got like legends like Sylvester putting out good content that you can just go on YouTube and grab. Do you know what I mean? A couple of handsome Scottish men talking about mindset <laughs> on YouTube could do that. But so without waffling anymore, I think the answer is right. I am grateful for then write three things, do it in the morning or do it at night and then keep looking for opportunities in your day. And if you are going to forget them, open a note on your phone and just scribble them in. So when it comes to night time or the morning, you can open it and just try. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I think these things are just like giving, not giving your mind a chance really to be completely negative. Because once you're negative about something, it's, it's harder to get, like, have you ever been negative about something someone said and then something's happened that's been really funny? And you've been trying not to laugh. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, actually, I'm not that negative anymore. Because you're <laughs> laughing and you're, you're able to. And it's it's probably something to do with the, I don't know. That's the a good example. To, to do with the kind of chemicals and stuff as well. But at, at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is keep everything, all the negativity at bay. So that then you can then be as positive as you can. Which, it, which it, right now, obviously, listening to the news and doing all that sort of stuff during this whole COVID thing is... If you can limit that and then start listening to more stuff like more yes. stuff like this to actually develop what what you're what you're currently doing, you've got a wee bit more time, most likely to 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 do that. Don't listen to news five times a day. I, someone put 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 on my. She probably listen to this. I won't. I won't. But she knows who she is. She put <laughs> I'm I'm limiting the the news to like three or four times a day, and I was like, why are you listening to the news three or four times a day, like? Unless they have an announcement to something's changing, forget it. Like, obviously, with with everything, there's no point going into the whole COVID thing because it's such a sensitive topic. But it's not within our control. What we can control is what we, what we do in our day to day, our mindset, and how we then deal with this current situation. So, um, yeah, no, that was that was, a, that was a really good point to go back to the whole kind of fitness side of things. I thought it'd be interesting to kind of touch on the whole nutrition side of things and kind of link it back as well not just to the structure of our daily routine but also the structure of our daily routine maybe now because 
the I shared a post on Instagram yesterday about the kind of snacking side of things and how that's so prevalent now that maybe it wasn't as much before. Maybe it was for some people that were in the office and people gym brought in some donuts or whatever it may be. Um, but now the availability to then go into the, the snack jar or whatever and mindlessly eat is there. And kind of a few nutrition tips, which I implement and do myself, which I know that you do, but you shared a post on it. So maybe it'd be interesting for you to kind of give a bit of insight into that. 100% mate. I think the post that I wrote was, to all intents and purposes, how to turn snacking from an energy sapping monster into a productivity boosting beast. And I think you've touched on it nicely is that now that we're all locked down or most of us are locked down, we're in the house. There is snacks omnipresent, like they're everywhere. If you're anything like me, well, not me. I'm going to go ahead and just blame my fiance Sarah here and say that like there's a drawer filled with crap in this house right there. And um, on top of that, it was Easter at the weekend, so there's an, an increase in, in crap in the house. So it, yeah. it's everywhere. You can't avoid it. And the reality is that's that's what most people are facing. So I'm trying to encourage my clients away from just mindlessly consuming crap. Because what happens when we consume highly processed, and this is where nutrition can really start to affect your mindset and really start to affect the way your mind operates, is if you're consuming lots and lots and lots of processed rubbish or even just a little bit of processed rubbish, what comes with that is enormous blood sugar swings. So you have the high off the back of eating the Rice Krispie Square bar or even some yeah. kinds of purposes, some of these breakfast things that are marketed, you know, you have a big sugar spike you then resultantly have a big, as your body produces insulin, you have a huge sugar crash. Yeah. And then what people do is they just further self-medicate that crash with more crap. So then yeah. I'm like, back at the sweet you draw, having another one. If you've ever experienced opening a packet of Jaffa cakes or sweeties or something and having one or two. Who's ever you done go, that? <laughs> psychopaths, mate. I mean, that is a case for sectioning someone. If you've only ever <laughs> eaten one Jaffa cake and not eaten the rest. But what happens is you go and sit down, you do your work and you're at the computer and you're like, oh, probably could do with an Jaffa cake and just sort of sneak back off to the sweet yeah. and you've had another one. Mm-hmm. That's the sugar, the blood sugar sort of the vicious cycle that you end up stuck in where it's like your blood sugar drops, you self-medicate with more processed crap because it's what your body is signaling that you need is more sugar because yeah. you've had a super big low. So what I've moved away to and what we discussed before we came on the camera was that you've started doing as well is I will move to my snack in the morning which I'll have after this. You've rudely interrupted snack time today, <laughs> Celeste. Um, but what I'll normally do about half ten is I will um, put into a bowl blueberries, some nuts, some raw nuts, and that's a very important caveat. Is people are like, oh nuts, they're cracking, and they're on the KP nuts, salt yeah. and vinegar, peanuts, or something like that. Yeah. Pub snacks are, are not included in, in this analogy. No. So raw nuts, some blueberries, and then I put dark chocolate in. And I think dark chocolate and chocolate. Some people are like, I don't like dark chocolate. Fair, fair. But for those of you who are willing to give it another go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not persecute it. It has far greater psychoactive compounds in it, so it will actually increase your mood, whereas dairy milk will do the opposite else, do the, the blood sugar thing. It has less sugar in it. It actually has a bit of caffeine in it, so you're going to get a bit of a boost off it, and you can actually get away with significantly less. Now, if you just break up, I get 90% lint, just break it up into the bowl, so raw nuts and blueberries, and I just kind of graze. So yeah. I'll be working stood here, but I'll just kind of be snacking away over about an hour. Now, what that does is because it's high in, relatively high in fat, but also got a decent amount of fiber from the blueberries, yeah. both those things slow down the digestion rate of the sugar. So I don't have such a high peak and such a low low. I've got a more shallow wave in my blood sugar. Thus, 
when you have that big drop in blood sugar, your concentration is absolutely in the toilet. You know that. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. I'm sure you experienced it abundantly at university. Yeah, yeah. No, where you're, I'm saying you're just constantly concentrate. Yeah. Ah, and I think the goal for me and with my clients and with the, the viewers and listeners is to, to try to minimize that. Snack, including fat, snack, including fiber, because they are slower digesting and everything consumed with fat or fiber or both will slow to the rate of digestion of, of fat and fiber. So what you effectively do is create like almost like a drip feed. So even if you do have a little bit, of, you can have a little bit of sugar. People are like, well, blueberries have sugar in them. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they, they do. You're right. You're absolutely correct. But they also have fiber and you've eaten them with fat. So yeah. in the bin, in the bin, Brian. Uh, I know. Do you know what I've been trying recently? Um, and it's something I've not really had before other than with like, like in like a smoothie or something, is blackberries. Have you ever had black, blackberries? Like, I put them in my smoothie in the morning, but I, I, I struggled I, with them as a snack. I don't know. I, I, I quite like them. Um, it's something that they're, they're always there. Blueberries and raspberries are always taken, and it's always the shite ones, and blackberries are always there. So. <laughs> it's always the shite ones. It's true. Blackberries are on the shelf. Twelve months of the year in Scotland, anyway. Uh, and they're not, and they they don't they don't go the same sort of funny way. So um, you might not agree with this, but blackberries are maybe a shout. I've I've just bought five tubs of them this week. And that's something that we did speak about, which not spoke about in the podcast yet. Is it people's habits when it comes to shopping? Is that right? Okay, I've set I've set what I'm going to do. I I've I've got my I've got my my three M's. Is it in the morning? I've got that. I've got my I've got my shopping list. I've got my five days shopping. But you don't really because you you bought one pack of berries and one yogurt. So now where's that habit? It d- dies after one day, and you've set yourself up to die after one day. So why are you not buying in bulk? And it may seem strange, but once you do that, that becomes a habit that then just becomes something that you do, and you're you're arming your because I, I guarantee the same people that have bought one yo- yogurt and one um one pack of berries. I've bought three packs of Jaffa cakes. <laughs> so there's the priority shift that you need to now think of, and it's it's definitely something that's easy it's easy to do, and it's easy to kind of sit here and talk about. But it's just something you need to throw out there for them people to go, God, that that sounds like me actually. He's right. I'm going to buy five. I'm not just telling. I'm going to buy five packs of berries for the week, but buy things in bulk. So whether it's your whether it's your chicken, your meats, or or whatever it is, have it kind of semi-planned and have it to where. You've, you've got enough for the week and it's there and it's readily available so that there's there's no excuse to then just nibble until your hunger slightly subsides and then have a big meal because before you know it, you've smashed 600 calories before your meal. And it's 100%. just it's so easy done. I think, like, I totally agree with that. Set yourself up for success is how I would say that. Do you know what I mean? Just don't, you, by buying one packet of berries, you've got 20 blueberries, pal. That's going to yeah. last you this, this morning. Um, you, you need 400 yeah. um, and then I think I, I want to go back and just quickly caveat the nuts thing because some people won't know nuts are high fat fat is 9 calories per gram protein and carbs are 4 so there is comparably more than double the calories in fat than there is in protein and carbs thus you will get significantly less for your bang for your buck in terms yeah. of how many nuts you can get away with so please for the love of God weigh your snack nuts don't yeah. just throw them in a bowl and be like, ah, it's smashing. I can have this big, massive cereal bowl of walnuts, but you've just realized yeah. you've consumed 2,000 calories for a, a morning snack. So yeah. I think that's probably worth pointing out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worth looking back at how actually food is, is broken down and, and actually how 
with with nuts and higher kind of fat foods, although they are higher in calories, they will kind of keep going a wee bit longer, and they don't have that same level of kind of, um, and they're not as hyper palatable. That's why you're saying as with the whole um KP nut side of things, that's different to having um kind of raw nuts. Is it doesn't have the same same thing with with dark chocolate. So I'm hoping that people listen to this and maybe just give that give that a shout and see how they get on. And if you do if you do find that that's that's helpful then please let us let myself or matt know on instagram because it is good to kind of hear back from what kind of value and stuff people have taken from this um so basically that they kind of eat good to feel good sort of idea comes into play here because as much as we say like and you see a lot of trainers are very guilty of this like and myself included sometimes is sharing sharing stuff that they're eating that's 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 bad but then you're kind of preaching uh flexible dieting because of that and then it's as if you're eating quote-unquote bad stuff all the time but you're, you're not or you shouldn't be you should be eating to fuel what you're doing and feel good and those kind of extra bits and pieces we all love cake and we all love these things and the the ability of flexible dieting empowers you to eat them and not have the level of guilt there and then you just get back on your kind of structured diet the next day or whenever it is um, but having that there is is going to empower you. Whereas if you don't and you're good and bad, you then you're sending. We're talking about signals and going up and down and up and down and up and down, and that's another signal that's going up and down and up and down. I've ate good, I've ate bad, I've ate good, I've ate bad, I've ate good, I've ate bad. Whereas if you just get a constant structure and then you just have a treat, then that takes away that good and bad. It's just the fact that I probably shouldn't eat too much of that, but then I'm just back on my structure the next day, and I I, I know about flexible dieting so i know how to kind of roughly structure that into my day should i want it should i want to go out at the weekend i'm maybe not doing it right now and like this moment in time but you get the kind of idea um last point matt i wanted to kind of talk about other than um well last two points we'll, we'll finish with the, the the kind of physique thing at the end um was kind of the overwhelming kind of sense of community that i've found in my groups and the groups that I'm a part of, never mind the groups that I, that I take with my clients um, during this time and how important that is and going forward is something that we can kind of learn from and how important community actually is um, and and why that is. So what's your kind of thoughts on community and how you're finding that right now? A hundred percent. I think that you and I are, are members of a similar community together as, yeah. as it is. Um, and then we each kind of share our own tribe separately and i think certainly for my my tribe my clients we meet every morning on zoom uh, every single morning we get together we have we hash out the day so we start with wins and then we i'll give a kind of brief mindset vibe to the day nothing profound well sometimes quite profound but usually just something to effervesce something to chuck in the back of their head and kind of let that float around and kind of chew on it for a bit um, and then we, we just do a Q&A. If somebody wants to know something more about something, then we bash it around the call. And the feedback has been absolutely incredible that the guys are like, mate, I can't tell you how much structure, again, going back to the start of this call that you and I are having about having structure in their day, it gives structure to otherwise quite structureless days right now. Mm. But also, also it, it gives them that feeling of belonging to something. And I think that's really, really, really important. Something that you learn about any coach worth their salt will know social support's massive. So just because you, PT, we Johnny, 
if we Johnny doesn't have any social support in his family or his friends, the likelihood of his success is it's not impossible, but it's diminished because he doesn't have anybody supporting him. If we can create that network and that community of people where they they all have a similar goal, some might want to put on muscle, some might want to lose fat, some might be several several kilos overweight, some might want to run a marathon. It doesn't matter. You're all here with the goal of self improvement. Mm-hmm. And I think we get together and have a chinwag. And just for example, this morning I spoke to the guys about how that we're all going to be transformed by what's going on in the world right now. And you're going to be transformed by fear or faith. Uh, and that choice is ultimately our own. And just to give an idea of that mindset and that gratitude and tying all this back together before I hand back over to you, I was saying to them that right now we're being locked down in our houses. And right now people are looking at that as a kind of confinement. They feel confined in their house. And yeah. I'm asking I'm asking them to change that mindset with a more of a gratitude mindset and just shift it over to being cocooned in the house. And when we move from confinement to cocoon, a cocoon is, it, is synonymous with a, a pretty amazing transformation. Yeah. And if we're, if we're moving from fear to faith and from confinement to cocoon, now we've got that amazing mindset of like, hold on, there's this massive global transformation about to come. And, and more importantly, within our group, there's this feeling of, wow, we're all going to transform here. Yeah. So, 100% community and having the right people around you and being a part of a tribe or a team or a family is absolutely paramount, as I'm sure you agree. Yeah, no, 100%. And weirdly, actually, just as you say that about the whole cocoon thing, is that I was, um, when I, before I went to bed last night, uh, me and Kirsten were watching a film, um, and the, what's it called again? It's about a, an American football player that gets um, accused. It's on Netflix. It gets accused. Hernandez. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. It's not that documentary. It's it is based on a true story. But basically, the guy gets falsely accused of sexual assault. Gets serves um, in prison. He's meant to go in the N- uh, NFL. Gets he's goes from when he's sixteen. Gets sent to prison for six years. Uh, then comes back and basically he kind of finds himself in prison at the start. Um, I think it's like Morgan Freeman's, he's kind of mentored. Oh, I know this film. Yeah, yeah, and I'll come up with what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I think it's something banks, I'm sure. Um, but basically the, the, the whole idea behind it is that at the start he's raging. It's like you're raging, you're cooked up inside during this time, right? So we are basically imprisoned, right? But then if you, if you flip it on its head, you need to now let that go. It's happened, the acceptance is there. I spoke about this in the podcast with Joe actually. But like that, you need to now accept it, and now you need to then make a plan and use this as a positive. There's with every negative comes a positive. Um, so how can you then turn this on its head and go right? I'm going to come out of this stronger. I'm going to be one of those people that doesn't let it affect me. Do all the things that we've spoke about previously with the whole kind of mindset, the structure, and guaranteed by the end by the end of this, and as we start to come out into kind of normal civilization again, you'll be. Um, a lot for you. You'll fly like a butterfly. Oh, look at that. Absolute synergy between my quote and yours. I love that, mate. Knitting this together beautifully. You've done this before. <laughs> I know, it's not even, not even scripted. Uh, last, <laughs> last point, unless you wanted to kind of develop on that anymore, um, was really just about kind of trainers and any trainers listening to this. I've kind of got two demographics that listen to this is clients and um, people that are interested in fitness mindset, that sort of stuff, but also a lot of trainers listen to it and um, messages from a lot of trainers about it and really about leading from the front and in terms of your actual physique itself. And it's something that I've noticed and we kind of 
touched on a wee bit at the start, but that kind of continuum, you made a good kind of point about it. And I've done a post the other day about how we kind of sit somewhere in this kind of line that we, we, we start to deem something acceptable because we're busy. And that's something we're trying to preach to our clients to not say. And not, like, and it's something that is, it's very easy to kind of fall into the way that eventually down the line, you're not proud of your physique what in any way, shape or form. So you post something from six months to a year ago of you in shape. Um, but you say you're too busy to be in shape right now. And that's, that's, that goes without saying that that's, that's counter, like that's a uh, hypocritical hundred percent. And it's, yes, you don't need to be photo shoot ready all year round, but you need to have some level of structure. You need to have some level of balance. You need to have some level of kind of constant routine that, you, that all the stuff we've spoke about, we need to be leading from the front as trainers. And if you're not, yes, you'll have the, the odd trainer who's like a bodybuilder or something like that, that, is really into what they're doing and their clients will maybe take a back seat. But that doesn't mean that your clients feed off your energy. I notice when I'm in shape and I'm training a lot more, I'm on top of my diet, my energy is completely different. Um, one, because I've actually given myself more energy through the nutrients and stuff I've had. And two, I feel more productive. So my clients get that same energy. If I'm feeling as if I'm not doing very much with myself and I feel as if I'm not growing and I'm focusing too much on business, I'm run off my feet, my clients will feel that 100%. There's no way of getting around it unless you're an Oscar-winning actor. It's very difficult to do. So what would you kind of make on that? I agree with that. And I think, like, we did it before we came onto the camera, so let's do it again just now. Let's credit the man Joe Parrish because he's a good example of, he talks a lot about you can't coach from somewhere that you haven't been. Yeah. So I think it's important that we talk about that continuum between, like, my rig's pretty sloppy and my business is good to... My business is maybe struggling a wee bit, but my rig's incredible. Now, yeah. both of those are, aren't ideal, let's be real. Now, the continuum is you're somewhere on it, and it's a sliding scale. You're never static. Like, and, and that post that you put up was a beautiful example of that. If you haven't seen it, go check out his post, because it's literally photographs off that continuum, and it's a really good depiction to help you understand. But I think that in order to be able to coach people out of that end, where perhaps they're not in shape and they want to be, but they're making excuses of being busy and so on and so forth, you need to have been there. And mm. both of us have been there, which gives authenticity to the ability to coach um, equally well. That like, uh, we've both been in that photo shoot phase. I think sometimes you go a bit too ham on it and then you end up kind of not focusing on business and, or progression. You're just serving the clients you've got and then you're doing your stuff and there's no growth. Yeah. So th there's, there's somewhere in between, uh, but having the knowledge of all the different levels of that scale is absolutely key, um, certainly, certainly for me. Yeah, no, because then imagine a client does come to you and they say, "I want to do that," and they they might they might well do they might well do, and you might want to get them into that level of shape, and they might want to do a photo shoot or something. I've got a few clients that are interested in it, and there's then at least then you're like authentic and as you say, and what you're delivering and what you're saying. You're not just saying in theory this is what other people do, but you've yeah. actually, you've actually done it. But again, that kind of you also don't want to come across like it's worked for me, so it's going to work for you. But like, there is a, there is a proven way to do it, but you need to have kind of walked, walked the walk in order to do it. I remember the first time I went and done a, a, a photo shoot, I, I learned from it because I'd never done it before. So I literally was, I lost so much muscle mass because I was literally on about 600 calories a day. I remember running on a treadmill, I was like, almost like crying uh, on the treadmill. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, I had no idea how, how to really do it. 
Um, and the photos came out all right, the first ones, but you see the difference in the same weight a year, a year or so later. And it's just, and it was nowhere near, maybe the last week or so, but it was nowhere near the same level of intensity that I was the first time, yet I looked better. So it's also having, having done it a few times to then say to your clients, listen, you might feel like you have to go completely ham at it, but you don't as much as you think. Um, unless you want to actually go in kind of competition ready or whatever and do that, then I would probably step back and say, I've never done a bodybuilding show. Maybe I'm not your guy. But then it's just that level, at least you know that then, because then you're not saying, I'm a bodybuilding coach and I've never done a show in my life. So, I think there's, for any coach, I think that's a great skill that you've just just mentioned there, is it's, it's skill and it's humility all rolled into one. That like, see if somebody phoned, if you phoned me just now, Sylvester, and you're like, hey Matt, um, I want to do, I want to do bodybuilding show. Like that's not my bag because I've never done it. I'm not going to coach you. But what I will do is I'll happily refer you out because I've got a lot of really close friends who are very, very good at it. Yeah. And being able to stay in your lane and realize which which market you serve and where you fall in that photo shoots, I, I can help you all day long. Bodybuilding. I know someone that's better qualified to help you. Sure, I could charge you and take your money, but it's not in my interest or yours because you're not going to get a great service. You're not going to talk highly of my business. You're probably not going to end up getting the result that you wanted winning the show. So it doesn't work for anyone. And I think the other point that you made, which is good, is I think it's as much about being able to teach clients about the mistakes that you made as it is about what worked for you. So you've tried skinning the cat various different ways. Yeah. Let's be real, there's 600 calories and uh, jogging on a treadmill with four hoodies and a bin bag on. It's probably not the one, but I've done some stupid stuff. You've done some stupid stuff. Only with that hindsight do you become a better coach. And once you've got that hindsight, then you can be like, look, I know this works. I know that doesn't work. That doesn't mean it won't work for you, but I've got that breadth of knowledge and depth of knowledge that I can coach you from. And then at that point, you're able to serve people far more accurately and precisely. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think any anyone listening to this that is that is a PT and they they maybe haven't got to that level of maybe that's something you can focus on during this time. Like they've never got to the level of physique that they're they're proud to put up a, a photograph or whether it's get to a level of leanness or whatever. Um like we're not saying that everyone has to do that, but what we are saying is that a lot of your clients will want to look and they'll hold you up to that level. Um, and if you haven't done it and you haven't got into that level of kind of conditioning and, and whatever and pushed yourself that extra mile, then how are you going to expect your clients to do it? So it's maybe something that you need to look at and um, and not just be at that kind of be in the mid continuum of, of what we spoke about. Have have the two ends of the spectrum, which is fine, and then find the balance. But right now, maybe some some people's focus needs to be at least getting that end stage to where they go, right, I've done that walk the walk. And then, and then they can kind of go from there and then their clients a lot of the time will then see what they've done and they can speak about their own experiences. So how, what time are we on? I don't know, actually. 11.30 on the nose. All right, well, we've been talking a fair while then. So that was, that, that was good. We covered a lot of points. So the kind of five key points we covered was like um, a bit, bit of mindset, like the mor- morning ritual, three M's, four M's, Matt. Been three one M's. Up. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, then uh, kind of routine and structure, gratitude journaling, um, how nutrition is affecting your your actual kind of daily habits and how to best approach kind of dealing with that in terms of snacking and things. 
um, and being part of a community as well. And lastly, kind of coaches leading from the front. So covered a lot of kind of good points and stuff there. So um, was there anything you wanted to finish on, Matt? That was good, mate. I really enjoyed it. I think ultimately we, we covered a lot. I think if nothing else, the overarching sort of takeaways for me was the importance of structure, be it throughout your entire day, and then and the importance of support, accountability, and community. Those two things. If you take nothing else away from what we just spoke about, yeah, you'll do all right. You'll do all right with those two things, I would say. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so thanks a lot for, for coming on. Um, if you need to reach Matt on Instagram or want to reach him on Instagram for, for anything or even just to let us know how you got on, muscle mindset coach, not mindset muscle coach. Um, so be sure he, he's based in Edinburgh. So if anyone's listening in Edinburgh and you want to get in touch with him, I think you're based, you're based fully online anyway. So whatever. Yeah, that's it. Um, but um, it was great having you on. And yeah, that was, that was one of my kind of favorite yet I think because it was so kind of I was so passionate about what we're kind of talking about so it was good um so yeah be sure guys if you can uh, help us grow the podcast by screenshotting this whatever you're listening to Spotify if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, share it on your Instagram and I would love to hear what kind of value and stuff you took away from it so thanks for listening guys and I will see you in next week's episode bye-bye thanks mate